You're listening to The Whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. This week in our dessert episode of Intro to the Feasts, we get a sweet conversation. Dave and Stephanie sit down with Jim and his wife, Bethany, to talk about the journey exploring the Old Testament and what it was to practice some of the things they found. If you have questions and want to continue the conversation, send us an email at thewholetestament at gmail.com or leave us a comment. Camera two. Is that ridiculous or what? That's pretty good. Campbell number one. Campbell number two. Campbell number one. Campbell number two. I like that. I like that. That's good. Welcome to the Old Testament. Uh, I'm here today with my brother and his wife and my wife. You guys can all say hi. 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 <laughs> this is going to be a real, real Welcome. captivating. Welcome real to the farm. Deal. Uh, so we thought we would get together and let you guys hear kind of from our wives about uh, mm. Jim and I took a trip to Israel and we came back and changed everything. Yeah. And so they had to figure out what they were going to do with that and what that looks like. And so we're also kicking off our series <clears throat> into the holidays and um, the Biblical holidays, that is, and so thought we would talk to them about those also. So, why don't you stare at me <laughs> and be like, what are you going to ask? Uh, why don't you tell us, I don't know, just some of your reactions from the very, very beginning of being like, hey, we're going to start reading this Old Testament stuff and not just reading it but try to figure out what it looks like to live it out so whoever wants to go first can you can tell us who you are though also bethany campbell jim's wife bless god (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so why don't you just uh maybe start with what were your first thoughts when uh we returned and we're starting yeah. to say, hey, maybe mm-hmm. we need to do something different. Okay, I'll talk. Um, because I'm going back a little bit do before, before all that. Um, because I think that you were learning a lot of um, the significance of um, the Old Testament before we went to Israel. Um, so we only had Anna when we went. We were pregnant with our second, but up to that point, with like when you were still in youth ministry, I feel like you were already starting to study yep. some of the significance of that. So I feel like that wasn't all brand new. So when we went to Israel the first time, it was kind of just affirmation. It was information that was really cool, uh-huh. right? It began to make us just more excited about studying the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Because there was there were connections that we just didn't know about or that you, you had learned about. Um, you tried to teach me, and I wasn't 
she didn't listen, but I'm when, not a very good when listener. Bill said it, you know, no, that's not true. <laughs> I'm not a very good listener. <laughs> it takes a couple um, times. It does. You guys will hate. Shout, Shout out. out to Bill. Um, but to you, I feel like on that trip, a lot of the teachings were kind of affirming for the things you had been studying. Yes. So when we came home, it wasn't like life altering other than we were just entering into a phase of excitement about studying scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, that was new for me. Um, I always was frustrated at you <laughs> because you would, when we were dating and then when we were first married, you were like, this is so cool. Look at the Bible has to say. And I'd be like, I would read it and I would be, I would, I, to be honest, like I would feel anger or like frustration inside. Um, so it was be. Why? Um, because it, I was, it was just words on a page, oh, and so because you didn't see the excitement, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm excited, and you're like, yeah. why are you excited? And I'm irritated. I, when I read scripture, I don't get what you get mm-hmm. out of it. I don't know the questions to ask. Um, so it was just, I would say, in general, that was like a shifting point, probably in my personal study time. Because um, it started. You started having having questions. Yeah, and to be honest, I was started out studying Beth Moore stuff. Like probably after I don't I don't know the exact time frame, but probably studying Beth Moore because she really did teach a lot of the historical context of things. Um, so then you fast forward a year, you're like, I'm going back to Israel, and I'm like, you're crazy. You just went to Israel. People don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. <laughs> but he sold his motorcycle, so I was all for it. Um, <laughs> okay. Keep him from riding that thing. So then when you all went, um, that's when things shifted, and you, you guys came home, and, and you were like, we have to do things differently. But I was not shocked. Mm. I do remember you came home. I don't know. I don't remember when you went, what time of year. It was fall because was you were there for Sukkot. Yeah. You came home, so it was early November. We were sitting by a bonfire and you walked out. I don't, it was for my birthday and you walked out and you said something or, or I maybe was just pondering, you know, your suggestions after coming home. And I looked at you and you were like, I asked, so you mean you feel like we should keep the law? So that was the, it was, it went from first trip knowledge and information to like, now we should do this. And I was like, that's crazy because all all my life, it's, we don't have to follow the law, Mm -hmm. the Torah. So it, it, that, that's when I was like, oh boy, this is, this is different. And still, then you guys proceeded for the next year. You, I remember you guys having conversations, just going back and forth, trying to <laughs> disprove everything, and you couldn't. And so that's when life began to look different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a baby. <laughs> uh, it's the beer. <laughs> no. <laughs> you all right? It's the bright lights in your eyes. <laughs> it's the allergies in here. Oh. It's that, that corgi. <laughs> right? Oh, that's good. 
And I remember <laughs> Beth calling me one day. How you do? After you guys went, I was in the basement of our old house. And you called and you're like, what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And we had a long conversation on the phone. You're like, this is crazy. What's happening? (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think I can handle it, but why don't you share? I was going to say, I think mine is different, number one, because um, I didn't have the pre-trip to Israel. Still haven't been. To Israel, oh. only one on the panel uh, hasn't we been to Israel. We will go. We yeah. will go. Okay, but so. um, mine was more of a shock, and I remember um, he. I think you actually came home on Halloween, Halloween. I think Halloween, and I remember getting our. I think we had four at the time, getting them ready and going out trick or treating that night. And you were still kind of jet lag and stuff, but uh, the biggest thing I remember was. You were very quiet. Do you remember that? For a good, like, two weeks, he was not himself. And I remember just kind of being like, okay, maybe he'll snap out of it or something. But it was because you were wrestling with all the stuff you had learned and stuff like that. So I didn't really know what was going on. The biggest thing that probably stood out to me was... um, you said we're not going to eat bacon anymore. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so, so that was a pretty major thing. You, you came home and you were definitely dealing with something, and we weren't going to eat bacon. So, but then it kind of unfolded after that. Yeah, and I expected that shift um, when they came home. I was Did not you? surprised by the food yeah. at yeah. all. Like. That was probably the first thing he said when they came from their trip that we were going to eat differently. Mm. And it didn't shock me, and I didn't care that much because she doesn't care. I don't care about pork or shrimp or, yeah. you know, ugh. shellfish. So, um, but it was the rest of it. I was like, what? And to just to clarify a little bit, it wasn't. I feel like we are required for our salvation mm-hmm. to keep these commands. It was, I feel like we're missing out on the heart of God because we don't understand this, because we haven't applied this to our lives. and. And mm-hmm. since we are leading into the holidays, you know, like the biblical holidays in the New Testament, Paul says, these are a sh- shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So, like, the substance of all of this is Christ. Right. Right? So, right. when we don't, that, so for me, it's like, okay, the dietary stuff, the, the, the biblical calendar, the Sabbath day, these are Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what Paul says. Like, and so much of the church uses that passage to say the, we don't need these because he came. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why would you not want that little? That's if that's all we can get of him right now in the physical. Then why would we not want that? Yeah. That's all we can see of him is that shadow. So let's hold on to that until we see. Yeah. It's a little bit of a shift in the way you read it. Read the passage, definitely. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like then as it began to play out? So you're kind of like, what? You're more shocked by it. Like, what? Well, I was shocked. I don't think I 
even had any thought at all, like, when he comes home, we'll change our food. or any, I just thought, like, oh, you're going on a cool trip. This is going to be a cool experience for you. I never, at least that I can remember. I mean, it's quite a while ago, but um, I don't think I was anticipating any type of change. So, And we were both, like, just for background, like, I was in the professional ministry and he was in the professional ministry, mm. not at, at not this at time, time, neither of us were, but we were like, <clears throat> and I don't think that was due to us. I think it was just due to the circum. I think it was due to the circumstances we had been, been in that we were taken out of that, mm-hmm. maybe to give us the opportunity to flush all this out. But um, mm. so it's not like we weren't educated Biblically, I mean, we knew how to study. We knew what the New Testament says about the law. We knew all this stuff. And so it was, it's quite a shift from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I was expecting, (laughs) to be totally frank, I don't think I was expecting that shift either. I wasn't either because the very last slice of pepperoni pizza that I ate was in the airport on the way to Israel. Like, I'm with everybody about to make the trip, and they were not eating anything because they were orthodox. They were very orthodox. They brought their own food because they weren't even going to eat the airport, what the airport had to offer. And they're over there eating crackers and stuff, and I'm like, I didn't bring anything, and I'm super hungry, so. (laughs) Pepperoni pizza. I went and got a pizza, a pepperoni pizza, yeah. So I wasn't expecting it either. Yeah, but then after coming home... You guys jumped in whole all the way, mm-hmm. and like until like January, I think October to January. Yeah, but you guys, when you did it, you did it all mm-hmm. the way, and then we were like, "Whoa, <laughs> look at all the <laughs> things they're doing!" And yeah. I struggled. I was not just like, "Okay, honey, let's do this." Mm-hmm. I was, I. I don't want to make it sound like I, you were you were not a dictator, but I begrudgingly went along with it because you were my husband. Um, and so I remember the first Shabbat that we did, and you guys were doing Shabbat, and you were making bread. And I was like, <laughs> I made bread. And I, I remember mm-hmm. it not being happy about it, and I remember it wasn't great. And I just that night was difficult for me. It was a... It wasn't wonderful, um, but then as we did stuff, God, I, I think God revealed it to me. Like as I would, I mm. submitted to my husband, mm-hmm. I continued to read scripture and he opened up my eyes. Yeah, good. And then- Because you weren't listening to me. No. <laughs> You didn't have a podcast to give her. (laughs) Have you heard the episode on Shabbat, dear? (laughs) Well, and I think from, uh, uh, I don't want to, yeah, cut that part out where I just stumbled all over my words. Nope, leaving it in. I want to look like the cool brother. (laughs) (laughs) This is your chance. (laughs) You can say something about us just jumping in. Like, what was that? Yeah, I was going to say, we have a tendency to jump in. I've we've said often throughout our marriage we're that we're just like we don't do I don't know. We're just We have a bias towards action. We're all in or I'm not. I'm just either gonna do it or I'm not. I don't know. And um 
but it is not always a great thing. I mean, we we do that about a lot of things, and we just do it. And I guess we have a hard time sometimes um, understanding why other people don't just jump in yeah, and do it. But sure. then later, though, like I can see the benefits of taking your time and maybe thinking more through things and stuff because sometimes we we did just jump in all in and like we're doing way more you know being way more observant and stuff than people who've been doing this for 10 15 years and but um so I don't know sometimes I think like what if we would have went at a slower pace you know like where would we be at and stuff but that's just the way we are so we did it and that's how it worked out but Back to what you said, um, I think the reason we jumped in too is you went and you visited someone and you observed their Shabbat dinner and everything. So we just, I remember you coming home from that and I was like, let's just do it. And we started, and I'm uh, very type A, I guess. So I was like, we should start January 1st. So So we started January and we just started doing um, Shabbat. But I cannot say that it's, always been joyful that I've always wanted to do it there are many Fridays that I just think this is a lot of work all I do is cook all day and stuff like that (laughs) but um so there's been years probably where it was more just like a have to felt like I had to tradition tradition but I feel like I do go through seasons though where I'm learning more and like why I'm doing this and then also just being like this is really cool and God's design and I'm glad we have this for our family and you know it's just kind of an anchor to come back to every week so I don't know it is hard and it um still working on getting to where the Shabbat is a delight all the time mm-hmm. it's not always but mm-hmm. but I'm still I wouldn't change it I wouldn't go back yeah I think there's cycles of where we have to remind ourselves just like with anything else right you just get stuck <clears throat> in it yeah. And you have to stop, like, I don't know, three Shabbats ago, we, at the Shabbat table, when everybody was there, talked again about, like, why the Shabbat matters. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why. We have to remind ourselves often, don't get in a rut. Don't just do it because it's it's hard sometimes and trying to get work done before the sun goes down or sitting at home and trying to, like, no, push it all away. Don't think about it. Don't deal with mm-hmm. it. Don't do it. Um, we have to remind ourselves of why the heart of it all yeah and I think the point you made too we've one of our biggest struggles has been why do other people not do this like we say it why are you not why are you not at the same place so we I think for us and I well maybe you can speak to it I feel I think there's been a lot of periods where we felt alone or isolated, listening to the podcast you had on the Levites with the, the pastor and his wife uh, just oh, yeah. resonated some of the things they say because similarly so, well, we keep the Shabbat. People feel judgment by that. Just like you say, we're like, oh, I'm a pastor and people react differently. We feel that for like keeping the Shabbat or, you know, what are you building in your yard for Sukkot? Why are you doing that? Um, and I think that's been a struggle for us. It's just, especially at the beginning when we started changing holidays from traditional holidays to what are biblical holidays, it was very hard. Do you agree? I do agree. It can be, it can feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And like we know you guys do it, but you're halfway across the country. 
shift affected your family your family life? Well, for starters, we mow on Sunday and not on Saturday. <laughs> That's a big thing. And you felt I remember when we first, first yeah, yeah, when we started making this yeah. shift and we were doing the Shabbat on Friday night, but we also went to a church that had a Saturday night service. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do that. So then we were off on Sunday. So we were still in both worlds. But I remember running on Sunday because mm-hmm. I couldn't on Saturday anymore and running by this little church by our house. And just when I would run by and the people would be getting out of their cars and their suits. And I was like, man, I bet they pray for me. I bet yeah. <laughs> Like I used to pray for people. I bet that I bet yeah. there's pe- some of these people are praying for me well, because praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pr- I needed the prayer, but like <laughs> it felt it felt wrong. Yeah, out there pushing mow. Even now, still sometimes when I'm out mowing and people are driving by, going to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sinner, they think you're sinner. How else? What other impacts? Um, it well it is a yeah the affected. The day we finding a community for one probably and somewhere on Saturday, um, not making plans on Friday nights, just always knowing we have eternal. You know, I'll say eternal, but we have pretty much. I can say I'm busy every Friday night for the rest of my life. <laughs> so your kids are. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. older kids, like a little bit older than us, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, we're just now getting in like teenagers, but I wonder, have you struggled or have your kids struggled with Friday night being like not an option to, you know, like to, can we go do, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. You make plans for Friday night. So like, has that been hard to have? I would say like 90% no. And partly that's probably because they're the peer group they have here because we did finally find a community. They're most of their friends or their peer group understands Mm -hmm. Saturday Sabbath. uh, So they don't, they're not in a a group of people that are doing a ton of stuff on Friday Mm -hmm. typically. Not a ton. They are somewhat. um, I think we've just tried to, I don't know, make a culture in our home that like, um, we just we don't go to birthday parties. We don't do like extra things on Friday night. Uh, I think people just kind of stop asking you after a while. But I mean, I miss out on things. You know, some like our co-ops, like our mom's night outs and all that kind of stuff. Always tend to be on Fridays, and I just I never go. But um, I need to be careful about my words. So like saying, "Oh, I can't go," and we try to tell our yeah. kids that, like, don't ever say. I can't do that, you know, we're like, we're choosing not to do that, you know, and being at home, but that's definitely something that changes your life and how you have to say no to a lot of things at first. I felt like we were saying no to a lot of things. Well, it's interesting. I remember on one of your, I can't remember which podcast it was, The Young Couple, and he talked about doing the food, stepping into, uh, you know, not eating pork and how it makes you think about what you eat. Mm-hmm. differently that's I think that was a it still is a big issue because you don't realize how much of the world especially American mm-hmm. culture runs on Friday night and Saturday yeah. like everything is Friday night and Saturday um, and so it forces you to think about just the Shabbat aspect forces you to think about 
life differently. You, we have to think about and be prepared differently. But even the holidays, because on the work calendar, Christmas is a day off on the calendar, but Sukkot isn't on anybody's mm-hmm. work calendar, right? It's not a federal <laughs> holiday. And so having to think ahead, and with our older kids that are now working jobs, we have to tell them too, you got to look mm-hmm. ahead and think. You have to be proactive about what days um, do you need to be off for observance. Well, speaking of that, though, when they applied for a job, though, we had we told them they had to yeah. say they can't work from Friday afternoon, basically, till Sunday. Yeah. That's been a big thing. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for them to go in. You know, you just kind of tell them and hope they still hire you. But mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing with the kids getting older is just that do they understand that it's not just like legalism, right? Yeah. Or it's not just something you do or difficult or bondage or whatever. So it, w- trying to figure out how to help them understand why why we observe the things we do and practice the things we do and how that connects to their life and how it's important for their life because at some level mm-hmm. they're going to step out and make their own decisions. And so there are moments of push-pull as they're trying to wrestle with that, I think, particularly when the rest of the world, even in, within their peer group, has influences in other directions than what we would what we would desire in some instances, but it's been good. But it, that's the same for anyone with the kids growing up, right? What about you all? I'm gonna turn and interview you because it feels like we've been. What if? What has been? Well, yeah. I, I think like so for me. People often ask me, "What does your wife think about this?" Right, and maybe at at first she was begrudging or whatever, but as soon as God revealed to her, yeah. like the truth of it, I think it's made all the difference yeah. in like our lives. Yeah. Um, our family is like drawn together. Yeah. I mean, it's the isolation is difficult, mm-hmm. but if you want to have a close fit knit family and a close-knit relationship with your wife that isolation forces that because we get it we understand it i would love to have a larger community to share it with you know that's the worst part about all of this is that god intended it to be done in community like my people should look like this and then it separates you out from the world but because of church history we've been separated out from his people even you know like the community of believers is even separated out and even and then you know and so yeah just because of the way things played out in church history we're at this place where we're all alone but the community that it builds between our family you know is like it's powerful we're like set apart you're you're Mm -hmm. set apart and we don't have our community isn't at least somewhat aware of all, like you're in a different kind of community. Your church community mm-hmm. is different than ours. Um, but it sets you apart and it strengthened our marriage. Like. Yeah. I believe, and certainly you could speak to it just as you're indicating, it's been a blessing, strengthened our marriage um, because it drove us closer to the scripture. Mm-hmm. It drove us closer to Bible matters in our day, 
in faith. And I think that changed me in many ways. And I think it strengthened our marriage as well. Yeah. It's definitely changed probably how you've led our family, the depth and stuff that we've gotten from you studying, you know, differently. Because we both grew up preacher's kids, and I just kind of believed and took on, like, whatever my dad said, you know, just believed it. And then married you, kind of did the same thing. But then when you started studying this way and um, just digging into the scriptures and, like, pulling in from the different things and, like, what the rabbis say and everything, it just started making us realize how differently they study the scripture (laughs) and how every little thing matters and stuff so you just very different I feel like it's led us a very different life because of that and I appreciate too I think it caused you I think it sounds like what you did with Beth Moore maybe I know there's mention but there's a a teacher that you spent a lot of time digging on your own too and I don't think either one of us were in the Bible nearly like that uh, before individually or together and this forced us just and I think it's just because of that rude awakening in Israel of like mm-hmm. wait what no that's not right, right. that can't be true right. what do you t-? and I think our upbringing of being preacher's kids and seeing behind the scenes and all that stuff and I remember even in Sunday school we're like we're gonna split up and do debates on the, this is wrong you got the it's okay to do this. You got the, it's not okay. We were always on the wrong side, the poor Sunday school teachers of the debate and could prove, you know, whatever that. Made it suicide. Yes, or Jesus lied and yeah, lying is okay. She should have, or he, I can't remember. It was a. They should have learned. But we, we grew. put us on the same team on the bad side. Yeah. It was the good side to prove. I think we grew up. Can you see that? Oh. I think we grew up with like that dis- questioning. Mm-hmm. We just questioned because we grew up in a preacher's house and saw the good, the bad, the ugly of that. And I think we just questioned it all. Uh, and I think that led us to that moment of like, this isn't right. I don't believe what you're saying to me. I'm going to prove you wrong yeah. about this and that digging. And then like, oh, I can't. Deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> like, oh no, caused within me an existential crisis for I don't know anything. Right. right. What I think I know, right. just like what you're saying, is just what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And that guy said it because somebody else said it, who said it because somebody else said it. And usually it's like I started noticing one scripture, hour long talk. Like, wait a minute. All, like, the scripture, the one verse took like two minutes of your hour-long thing or 45 minute, whatever it was, and started realizing how little Bible is actually, was actually anchored in anything I knew or believed. I can remember like for a, not a year maybe, but I remember like, I don't know. And so if I can't anchor it, don't say it. And so even in our discussions that when we came back and riding with dad and, and Dwayne in the car every day, like... If it came up in my head, if we were talking about faith and Bible and, I'm, and I was like about to say something, I always would start gatekeeping for, can I back that up? Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't back almost anything up. And that was, for me, very difficult to deal with and probably part of the silence of just like, I don't know what to do with this. Especially so it, having gone through Bible, like Christian school, like 
education for ministry and I mean this is all after yeah I mean done all that taking all the Bible classes <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's crazy I started going back and like thinking through things I had taught mm-hmm. and I like you like Dave I also had a bent always have had a bent in the direction that we're in didn't know what it was couldn't put a finger but when I would I was on staff and would preach typically I was going into the Old Testament for the preaching, right? Um, and, and looking at all those things. But yeah, having all of that time, spent all that thing, taught a bunch of people about things that I now don't believe at all um, was, is difficult. But it drove us into study because I don't like that feeling of saying what this, well, this is what God <laughs> desires and not being it. Well, no, that's not true. This is, the, this is what it is and not being able to anchor it. I don't. I don't like that. And I appreciate that you have, have taken that on too. It's drove you into that. And I can remember just not that long ago, I got frustrated because you came to me with like, I didn't remember what, you're like, but this verse says this. And if, if this verse is saying this, then this makes this okay or whatever it was. And I was yeah. like, I don't know. Just stop talking to me about it. I don't know. <laughs> divorce. It was, oh, it was a divorce discussion because of, when Israel conquers the land and you take a woman. Yeah, it was this whole, but it's like, like this. It sure seems like you can get a divorce. <laughs> this whole small, yeah. but it's just like this one small, somewhat obscure section of the Torah that you're like reading and you're not just flying past mm-hmm. it. You're picking up on it and trying to say, well, then yeah. what does this mean? In the context of the whole of scripture. Yeah. You're like, I get that all the time. I get these texts while I'm outside in a hundred degree heat trying to put on a deck. I think this is this. What do you think? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have time. My brain isn't in there. I'm, I'm so much like that. that book said women are like spaghetti, men are like waffles. And you just have boxes and you operate in this box, and then you can move to this box, and you move to this box, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't have that box open right now, <laughs> and I don't know that I ever will, babe. I'm not going to be able to, you know. But, yeah, so that has been one of the most amazing things about the shift is when you find out everything that you believe may or may not be accurate. Yeah. How do you, do you know? Yeah. Can you proof text it? Yeah. And even on the other side of that would be even on the flip side for people that have gone down and they're like studying the Torah and reading all the rabbis and all this stuff. There's a lot of people out there that are saying all kinds of things the rabbis said. And if you can't, there's so many. Yeah. Because it's pastors are using these things to try to create craft sermons that make people go, ooh, that was yeah. a good sermon. And so they can manufacture or not do the groundwork to find the information. Yeah. And so you have to question, like, you have to, which it taught us how to use the scripture as the proof text. Yeah. Like, how do I know it well enough? Do I know it well enough? And it has sparked that in to our wives yeah. to be able to say, what does the scripture say? To be able to look in tradition in the face and culture and society in the face and say, no, this is not biblical. And are we mm-hmm. like the, the most amazing thing that I think for, for me in all this journey is to say like the difference between 
I believe in God the Father and Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, died, buried, resurrected, whatever the, the creed stuff is, is like, it's not a, just a statement. Like, our faith, our walk in following Jesus the Messiah is no longer just a statement of belief. Right. It's like... It's life. It yep. plays out at the grocery store. Yep. It plays out on the weekends. Your it budget. plays out in Finance. the budget about mm. your generosity because if you study tithe, it's way more than 10% really what he's calling you to. It's It plays out in the way you Parents. treat your kids, your wife, your your my the guys that work with me. Um, it plays out in all that. And I think the ble- one of the blessings... And again, like you guys are in a different place because you actually have like a grown child. Yeah. Like my children think they're grown, <laughs> but they're not quite grown yet. So I don't know how this plays out. Like I'm not a parent. I, people ask me and I'm, I'm just like, I don't give a parenting advice until I've raised one that's successful and I'm not <laughs> going to speak to it because I don't know yet. But we're trying really hard to, when we teach our children like we're gonna look, we are gonna do this differently than what everybody else is saying. But I need you to understand why. Here's what Scripture says. Yeah. Here's where, like, the dating thing. It's like wh- where to find what the Bible. Let's 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 see what yeah. God says about dating and how does that actually play out in Scripture. What does it look like? And is is what culture is saying match up to what God's plan for us is? And I think. Um, through the holidays and through like all the the feasts and the tour time on Saturdays, we're able to like teach our children like the heart of God. Yeah. And when you understand the heart of God, and you see, like you said earlier, the specific detail that God puts in to everything He says, do this, 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 and you see it playing out in the life of Jesus and the yeah. fulfillments and the. That you can say, look, God is good, and he's just, and he's righteous, and he's holy. So whatever he speaks to me is good, yeah, and just, and righteous, and holy. And so I don't have to see it as a burden, or see it as legalism, or see it as, it's, a, it's, for, it's what Deuteronomy says. I lay before you life and death. It's life. Mm-hmm. And then the very end. All of this is for your good. Yeah. It's for your good. It's for your good. And I think we see impacts of that here and now, like you're saying, because we shifted in this way. There's been lots of, well, for example, I don't know, what is it now? 12 years, 10 years, 13 years, 14 years? Yeah. You're the number, she always has A the lot. number. A Ellie. lot of years. Yeah, Ellie is 15 and she was <laughs> one. In utero on our trip, and we, we went the year after that. We so started Shabbat years. when she was one. Years. Okay, so for fourteen years, our family every Friday has gathered around that table together every week, mm-hmm. and some of that is tradition and what we do. So there's like this rhythm of the Shabbat table every week, and that has bar- has brought beauty and joy, sometimes challenge and frustration, especially with some older kids <laughs> again. Wound up or whatever. It's not every week. It's like, oh, Shabbat. Someone's like, okay, we're going to just end now, folks, before I smack somebody. But like every week, we've had that anchor point in our lives, which has changed our life. Just Mm -hmm. having the, it's not just sit down and eat dinner. 
it's an event mm-hmm. that's marking something in our life, and that's been it's important to show them that we're consistently doing it, no matter what. Yeah, we're going through. I know that yeah. we've been like, um, there have been times where like it's your your mom or your dad's birthday or whatever, and so they ask us over, and so we're like, okay. We're gonna go over here, you know, on this Friday night and uh, and honor her parents or whatever. And uh, and the kids, a lot of times, are like, "Oh, we're not mm-hmm. doing we're not doing the dinner." You know, it's we're still keeping Shabbat. You know what I mean? We're yeah. still gonna keep Shabbat, but we're not doing the traditional sit down at the table and the bread and the juice and the wine and the blessings and the fancy meal and then. Whatever happens, you know, the randomness that happens afterwards, whatever we're in the mood for that night. But, yeah, they get a little... <laughs> they know it. Yeah. You miss it. Yeah, and I did a, t- a taught at a men's retreat, and it was over the weekend. And so I had to be gone, and, and Zeke was four or five at the time, and he's like, but those, that's the day I get to hang out with you. Yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah. They need that. They, and it's yep. the same way we've talked a ton about the Shabbat, but it's the holidays, the holidays all same. of those holidays. Like, we were recording earlier, and your little, little, how old is Boaz? Six. Six? And we were like, what's your favorite holiday? And he's like, Yom Kippur. <laughs> I like fasting and feasting. It's <laughs> 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 <So laughs> like... That's awesome. He like, actually does like fasting because I think he thinks it's a big deal that he can do that it. he can do he it, can make it all to one Because we didn't even make them. No, we. I can't remember what age we say, but they can have Cheerios and water, mm-hmm. I, so they yeah. can't eat and drink. But they, like they don't want to. He there. wants to fast yeah. for Yom Kippur. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, no, the holidays, I mean, all of the holidays, even Yom Kippur, clearly, uh, it's not great during the day when your head hurts (laughs) and you're hungry or whatever, but we break that fast that night and have a big meal, and it's, uh, it's, it's fun, but like Sukkot, being able, it's another one, just... You'll, we'll talk about it, or you'll talk about it, building the sukkah, and we or spend time out there with them, and shake the lulav in the sukkah, and they just love that. We get the box from gotetrog.com that comes, and it's like a big thing to open up and see the, see the etrog and smell it and all that. It's just, there's all those special things that then connect to, why do we have this mm-hmm. yeah. large, weird-looking lemon that we yeah. paid $60 <laughs> for <laughs> to come from Israel? Why do we do this? And being able, there's just, there's so much rhythm to all of life that's connected to yeah. keeping the yeah. holidays with, you know, it says on Friday night, Shabbat is the first of the holy festivals, so like the Shabbat is the biggest, it's most frequent, but uh-huh. all of them being connected, um, it's just a blessing. But I'll say too, to your point earlier about that blessing that is brought in our life, I do think the struggle, that struggle, that feeling of isolation sometimes is also part of it. Because mm-hmm. I think there's an aspect of God's people played out in the scripture have wrestled from the, I mean, from the, from the garden, mankind has been wrestling with that. And so the struggle of 
being exhausted on Friday sometimes because it's been an extra load um, for Shabbat or the Shabbat table one night is a chaos. That, those struggles, I think, are, are also anchors in our soul that pull us pull us towards mm-hmm. the future, remind us, man, we're just we're just passing through this thing. It's the things of the things of God that will make it, that will survive when when the earth melts in fire. It also for me makes me much more frequently be like, okay, Messiah, come on back. Because I need you to show me and teach me like and also so that whatever is right yeah. will be taught and everybody like you're saying the community following there will be a real community that gets it because Messiah will be sitting there and saying this is what it is yeah it just makes me long for that more Mm -hmm. What's your favorite holiday and what's your favorite part of the holidays, babe? Um, I like Sukkot mostly just because it's in the fall and I like the fall. And for my family, it's like they've already learned. Like I grew up doing Christmas and stuff and there were certain like foods and smells and things, you know, like that you associate with Christmas. But now my children have that for Sukkot. They're like, Mm -hmm. Mom, are you going to make pumpkin crunch? Are you going to make this soup? It's like a week of soups for us, you know, but it's cool that their brain is like, this is what we do. We do this, this, and this. And we have a lot of people over. I feel like, um, I mean, we we could possibly have like 100 people through our Sukkah in a week, at least we did the last couple of years just by having different groups and stuff. So it's a lot of social time, which my children love. So. The weather's usually great where we are now. When we lived in Montana, Sukkot was less yeah. <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah, and I didn't enjoy it. Well, snow and freezing. We've still but had fun. We, we, still we d- have started a tradition of showing a movie, a Ushpazine, every Sukkot. So no matter what the weather, our kids look forward to that. So that's a tradition we do when they get candy and watch the movie. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it's... It's one of the ones that kind of just involves your whole body and a whole week. And and you like cooking and you like entertaining like and you like baking and all those things are in Sukkot. I know, but it's it's like a, I don't know, it's just a whole week though that's different. I mean, like Pesach's good, but it's just it's just one night of something that the... And then no... Low bread. Not eat. Yeah. For, so the the command is right. like, don't eat leaven. The command for Shavuot, you mm-hmm. know, is we tend to like study and one day study. Yeah. But yeah. This one is the just Sukkot is like Sukkot. hang out in the Sukkot Happy all time. week. Yeah. And it's nice. It's so amazing. Just enjoy the it's time like out heaven. there. It's heaven. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. How about you? You all Sukkot too. I don't. I mean, I have good memories of so many. I I always enjoy when we get to be with you guys. Mm. Yeah, I've had some good satyrs. Yeah, we've loved. We loved the last one when we were did Passover. That was 
just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, it's a coat, and it's just all the things you associate with mm-hmm. it. Um, I think uh, to not say Sukkot or Passover, um, they're all... Yom Kippur for you too? I am going to go with Yom Kippur because we've started, um, our small group is kind of following along somewhat, you know, kind of in on this and we'll do like fast, whatever level of fasting everybody chooses to do. Um, And my kids are also starting to be like, Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, I, it's hard to teach them about like, this isn't about, look how good I am. Yeah. I fasted. You know, it's not, that's not, it's not about a, a praise to you. It's about, you <laughs> yeah. know, being, understanding the, the control sin has on our life. I, yeah. Every time my stomach growls, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, what am I hungry for? Anyway. So, but we'll, we got together a few times at the end, right before sundown. And one, like a few years ago, we had at one of at Fred in Fred's garage. Oh yeah! And so we had all the kids in there, and, and most of my small group is musical, which is nice. We have basically the worship team at church in my small group, and so <laughs> we had those guys in there with guitars and a hand drums, and we were singing worship songs, and you could just all our kids, out. our kids, all the kids just singing and echoing in the garage and I'm like this is like we're hungry my head is killing me (laughs) because I haven't had caffeine and I'm apparently addicted and you know just like I'm exhausted but it's like just this is why you know it says over and over Hmm. again teach your children yeah teach your children when they ask you why Why are are we we doing this taking the yeast out of our home tell them when yeah. they ask you, you know, it's like, this is the whole point. is like God wants us to experience him through taste, yep. smell, soups, the, the rain that comes every, every year. year when I put up my suka, it starts raining. No rain on the calendar, rain. You know, it's like. Yeah. The hunger of Yom Kippur. We've actually had one fall down. Collapse in the rain. Of rain. <laughs> Literally fall down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he's mm-hmm. like, I want you to experience this. Mm-hmm. You know, I want the spiritual truths, like for me, the most amazing part of the holidays. And I mean, it blesses your family. It brings you together. It makes you different than the world. It helps you teach all those things. It's like that God is like, I am giving you phys- these physical representations of real spiritual truths that are easy to teach your children. So when they're growing up, which is my prayer, I haven't experienced it yet, that when Friday comes around, it's going to be, this is why we do this. It's like a spirit. the smell of the challah draws me closer to God. Yeah. The smell of the etrog draws me into his presence. Yeah. Because it's this physical, it's our faith is experienced through the holidays. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's important and I think we miss it. And I missed it. We've, we all missed it. That God in his design has put things in place that anchor heaven and earth, that anchor time and space. He built those. There's like spiritual 
checkpoints along the journey that he built into the calendar and into life. There's more that are like physical things that happen and all that, but he's built these in. And when we start, it's unfortunate that tradition taught throw them out. I believe something much more significant is occurring because it's God's design for how his order operates. Mm -hmm. And so just putting a sukkah up or whatever, or just stopping on Friday night and Saturday, or fasting on Yom Kippur, even though there's not a temple, there's not a priest. There's not two goats. There's not two goats. Uh, Spoiler. There's not all these things that are God's what God commanded, right? So we're we're doing it as a shadow even of the shadow in some ways, but we're stopping and we're observing it and it it taps in to something extra, something that God has created that you cannot make. When you start doing what is in his scripture, it something else happens. I think there's something beyond what we see and can smell and feel and hear that is a spiritual thing that happens as God's design when we stop on that day. I think the holidays are, um, can I quote, I'm not going to quote Tom Bradford. (gasps) That's the name I was going to (laughs) mention. I forgot you like him too. But he said, um, I was listening to something on the way here driving and something he said is that we're how fortunate are we to live in a time now where we're we're seeing yeah prophecy being fulfilled and so that is the cool thing um i have a lot of thoughts in my head i think that the holidays when people tend or move toward this path i think the holidays are the stepping stone yeah um the things that we can hmm easily begin with um they're a gateway um and they are a shadow of what's to come so so like you're saying something's happening and it's like it's gaining momentum as the church is as the church seems to be declining this is gaining momentum and it's prophecy being fulfilled and i think the holidays are the platform for that growth yeah and there's they're the oh yeah, they're just a way that people, anybody we've seen begin to have curiosity about this. The holidays mm-hmm. are where they started. And um, we have friends moving away. We've had this season in our life, like for so long, we've been lo- so lonely. <laughs> we finally had a family join us and they're moving. Um, and one of the things like, they're coming back. They're like, we're going to make sure we're here for the holidays. We can meet. Mm-hmm. They're not that far away. So we're, they haven't even left yet, but they're like, let's get it on the calendar. When's Rosh Hashanah? When's Sukkot? Because we're going to, that's what we're going to get together to do. Mm-hmm. They're going to, those holidays are bringing us back together. So mm. that's cool. It is it cool. Is cool. That's cool. I I have started to read um, Paul's. I think it's Paul's words about the fullness of the Gentiles. Yeah, or, it's, it's Romans. Yeah, I mean, it talks partial hardening until the fullness. until the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. Yeah. I used to read that as well. The Jewish people are have scales on their eyes until 
the right number of non-Jewish people believe in Jesus, then when that, you know, there's a counter somewhere that's going like, ding, that's the fullness, it's full, <laughs> now he returns. But I'm starting to wonder, based like you're observing, if the fullness of the Gentiles coming in is that the, gen- the non-Jewish believers in Jesus beginning to see what the fullness, what the whole testament means. That's what I feel like we are approaching the end because more and more and more people are seeing it and hungry mm-hmm. for it. And that to me feels like the fullness of the Gentiles. It's partial now. It's mm-hmm. partial. And then it will be full. Mm-hmm. So to close this out, um, I would like to encourage anybody who's on the other side of the camera. I, I think it's been great because you've seen the, the str- you've seen the struggle of the reality of it. You see the the difficulty, the loneliness that can come with it, and yet the passion and the truth that it doesn't matter. We're gonna we're in this, and we're because of the spirit and the blessing of God. So I would encourage anybody who has yet to move into that to um, just do something. You don't have to put a sukkah up in your yard. You don't have to get rid of all of the yeast in your home but for seven days, but maybe sit down and have a Passover meal. Or maybe you don't fast all day on Yom Kippur, but maybe you just realize Mark this day. Do something. Do something and see, and just see. Just see what, what God does. Because like Jim said, these are, these are like, on the fourth day, God created the sun and the moon and the stars to mark the Moedim, to mark the holidays. Like in creation, mm-hmm. which is a mathematical process that is set in place and stays like constant he put in these things to mark these days for us so it's intentional and specific so do something and i would add to like the do something i think a first good do something step is as you're hearing this to go read it to study it you could look up and say all right i don't even know anything about what you're talking about what are these things feast of the bible you'll get a thousand things it'll show you the seven feasts you'll show you when they occur and as those feasts come up don't have to the thing you could maybe do is just okay tomorrow is yom kippur i'm just going to read about what is this mm-hmm. and what it, and if you ask and if you study what does god show you to yeah. do don't just oh they said in Yom Kippur so I should probably fast biscuits you know no you read the Bible mm-hmm. that's what I think what you've been saying from the very beginning is like get into the scripture question what Dave says for sure yeah uh, question <laughs> what I said uh, get into the scripture and see what God tells you about what's in the scripture mm-hmm. see what he says about Yom Kippur for you not what you read, not what we say. What does God say about it? Read the scripture. I'll stop. All right. I'll stop. And I'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to sit down with Jim and Beth and Stephanie and to make this 
make this video that we now put into your hands and we allow your spirit to move and work into the lives of the people that you are drawing into this. And so I just pray, God, that even in this moment, wherever we are, in our cars or at work or out mowing the lawn on Saturday, whatever it be, that you, God, would just speak in ways that we cannot. Um, open up our eyes so that we can see you and your truth. And I pray, God, that you would change lives. That you would do, I mean, we trust in your promise that you say this is life and death, blessing and curses, and I give it to you for your good, that it would bring good. for listening to The Whole Testament. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So share the show with your friends and family and be sure to leave a rating and review. You can also find us on all the socials by searching at The Whole Testament. All of our episodes are available at our website and you can listen to them by heading over to thewholetestament.com. The Whole Testament is supported by people like you. To help us continue the conversation, Head to thewholetestament.com and click on the Donate tab. We'll see you next time. Barbie nail polish on. It's appropriate right now. <laughs> you do? It won't be in the fall, though. Oh. Yeah, you should have told us. It's coming out in the fall. You should we should sweaters. have sweaters on. And pumpkin spice. <laughs> yeah. Candle. I could go throw on a jean jacket and some knee-high boots. <laughs> and mine would be. <laughs> we got our... Sun's out, guns out.